If you enjoy listening to this podcast, we ask you to consider supporting it by making a one-time or reoccurring donation. Visit Mayflower's website at www.mayflowerucc.org and click on the Donate tab in the menu. Donations made to Mayflower's Communications Fund are tax-deductible and help ensure that this podcast is available. Thank you for your support. The sermon you are about to hear was preached at Mayflower Congregational UCC Church in Oklahoma City by the Reverend Dr. Lori Walkie, senior minister at one of America's premier liberal Protestant pulpits. At Mayflower, we are an open and affirming peace and justice church where we believe religion should be biblically responsible, intellectually honest, emotionally satisfying, and socially significant. We go now to the pulpit of Mayflower Congregational UCC Church of Oklahoma City and to the preaching and teaching of Reverend Dr. Lori Walkie. Good morning. Welcome from Mayflower Congregational United Church of Christ as we honor all saints this Sunday. It's a little bit uh, uh, it's a week after most churches did this, but uh, we're not like most churches. So it's fine. No one will get in trouble for this. Here at Mayflower, we welcome everyone. No matter who you are or where you are on life's journey, you are welcome here. On this All Saints Sunday, we gather to remember. On this day, we remember those who came before us. We are here to light a candle, say a prayer, and comfort one another as we grieve and honor those who are no longer physically with us. Will you pray with me? We're sure you've heard the messaging about daylight savings time and the election, Holy One. It goes something like, on November 6th, set your clocks back to fall back an hour, but on Tuesday, vote so that we don't fall back 50 years. We'd laugh, but it hits a little too close to home. There's just so much at stake. We're also cranky from the relentless TV commercials, radio announcements, social media ads, and flyers filling our screens, our mailboxes, and everything in between. We are anxious and exhausted, cautiously optimistic, and preparing for doomsday, all at the same time. So to make sure that we don't sink into snark or sleeplessness, we pray what we always pray before election day. Let there be enough of us to give love the upper hand. Let there be enough of us who vote in the best interest of our teachers and trans kids who seem to be getting the brunt of the bullying these days. Let there be enough of us who keep paying attention after the ballot count concludes to hold the newly elected accountable. Let there be enough of us who believe we really can make life on earth as it is in heaven, a vision with higher aims than just being a top 10 state. With our hearts on our sleeve 
and ballots marked accordingly, we pray. Amen. Our scripture lesson this morning is an adaptation of Barbara Brown Taylor's A Great Cloud of Witnesses. What makes a saint? Extravagance, excessive love, flagrant mercy, radical affection, exorbitant charity, immoderate faith, and intemperate hope, inordinate love. None of which is an achievement, a, a badge to be earned or a trophy to be sought. All are secondary byproducts of the one thing that truly makes a saint, which is the love of God, which is membership in the body of Christ, which is what all of us, living and dead, remembered and forgotten, great souls and small, have in common. Some of us may do more with that love than others and may find ourselves able to reflect it in a way that causes others to call us saints, but the title is one that has been given to us all by virtue of our baptisms. The moment we rose dripping from the holy water, we joined the communion of saints and we cannot go back any more than we can give back our names or the blood in our veins. The great cloud of witnesses includes us all, clan made kin. There are heroes and scoundrels at the party, beloved aunts and estranged cousins, relatives we adore, and those who plainly baffle us. They are all ours, and we are all included we worship amidst a great fluttering of wings with the whole host of heaven crowding the air above our heads. Call their names and hear them answer. Present, they belong to us and we to them. And as their ranks swell, so do the possibilities that open up in our own lives. Because of them, and because of one another, and because of the God who binds us all together, we can do more than any of us had dreamed to do alone. Here ends the reading from our tradition. May God grant to us wisdom and courage for interpretation. It is our tradition at Mayflower Congregational United Church of Christ to lift up the lives of Mayflower members who died during the last 12 months, remembering them not as perfect people, but as saints, those who have done the work of God by the remarkable work of living faithfully, of falling down and getting up. As I remember their lives and ministry among us, members of our care team will light a candle for each of them. After the 11th candle is lit for friends of Mayflower, all of us will have an opportunity to light candles for the other saints in our lives that are no longer physically with us. Remembering, as Barbara Brown Taylor wrote, there are heroes and scoundrels at the party, and by lighting a candle, we trust that this means that one day we too, as 
heroes and scoundrels will be included in that great cloud of witnesses. We light the first candle for John Shelton. John was proud to work at the VA hospital. During his seven years of employment there, he was loved by all and profoundly affected the lives of countless patients. John was always in a good mood and had a smile for you no matter the circumstances. People naturally gravitated towards him because of his huge heart and acceptance and love for everyone. John had a tremendous love for animals, often rescuing and adopting those who needed a home. He was a free spirit with an adventurous soul. Bless you, John. We miss you. Bruce McAfee. Bruce always had a tool in his hand ready to repair, install, or reinstall something, and he was almost always wearing a ball cap. He was almost always also happy to tell you the story of winning the 1969 Shakota Boys Basketball Championship. In January of 1978, Bruce became the first father allowed in the delivery room in Muskogee, at Muskogee Regional Hospital, something that may seem standard now, but was wildly outside the norms at the time. But this was just the start to being a girl dad. There wasn't anything he wouldn't do for his three girls. There wasn't a job too dirty, a drive too far, or anything too broken to keep him from showing up for them. Bruce was devoted to public education and serving students, able to demystify algebra or make sure a student came correct with only a look a principal can give. He was a man who had no problem standing precariously on a ladder, balanced on top of a toolbox, set up in the bed of a truck. Because sometimes safety is in the eye of the beholder. Bruce was an expert lake boat captain, a ski instructor and extraordinaire. There wasn't anyone he couldn't get up out of the water. What a gift it was to be on the earth at the same time as you, Bruce. Billy Fritch. Billy had more volunteer hours than Jesus. The scope of her community work is remarkable. Tutoring, Meals on Wheels, the work and mission of this congregation, 363, Triad, the Oklahoma County District Attorney's Office, AARP, and the Salvation Army. It's one thing to have volunteered with one organization for over 20 years. It's quite another thing to have volunteered with multiple organizations for over 20 years each, and several of those for over 30 years. Even in this moment, we see Billy as we always knew her, with a wry grin and a twinkle in her eye, making us wonder what she was really thinking. Scratch that, we always knew what she was thinking. <laughs> she said it out loud. We, said her, we see her head bent low next to a student hunched over a homework assignment, helping them to learn and grow and finish the assignment, the embodiment of the belief that there is no such thing as someone else's child. We see her answering phone calls, writing letters, inputting data, setting up, cleaning up, monitoring the election, volunteering at who knows where today, because she was always up to something. We see her in the church kitchen, tightening her apron, readying to wash and dry the dishes to prepare food to assemble meals. And we see her in the pew, far back under the balcony lectern side. We still see you, Billy Fritch, and we are so grateful. Catherine Montgomery. Catherine was a woman who said no, a lot. 
repeatedly. No, Catherine would not be bothered by the fact that architecture is a male-dominated sport. No, she would not throw in the towel when things didn't go as planned. No, she will not be deterred. No, she will not be discouraged. No, she will not be afraid to haul Caitlin and Faith as a mom, single mom can do across the country and build a life. No, family doesn't have to be distant just because there are miles between them. And no, Catherine would not be scared to move halfway across the country to build a life with the love of her life, Alexander. And once in Oklahoma, no, Catherine would not let history be bulldozed or disappear or remodeled beyond recognition. And no, Catherine would not let cancer steal her joy. No, she would not let the hospital walls stay cold and bare, but instead filled them with colorful sticky notes of life and love. No, no, no. Catherine, you taught us to be a community that says no, a community that says, no, death does not have the last word. No, we will not collapse under this tragedy and sorrow. No, we will not let the headlines and end our belief in the goodness of the world. Thank you for teaching us how to say no, Catherine. We'll carry on your tradition. Harry Gilbert. Harry's character and intelligence brought him many honors during high school, college, and law school, none of which he would want mentioned here. After college, he worked briefly as an electrical engineer, concluding that that was enough of that, so he returned to OU for law school and became a patent attorney. In the one impetuous act of his life, Harry proposed to Barbara Snow six weeks after their first date and married her six weeks after that. They lived happily ever after and raised two beloved daughters. After practicing patent law, Harry began settling his, set, settling his law setting his law practice aside one day a week to build Habitat for Humanity houses, working with Habitat's permanent crew. He loved that work as well as the full bed truck he said he needed to justify it. Eventually, he left the legal profession to teach at Westminster School, and he taught 14 years, most of those as an eighth grade science teacher, and all of them as a basketball coach and role model. A week after retiring from teaching, Harry reinvented his professional life one more time and went to work for Metafund, a local nonprofit where he served as general counsel. Well done, Harry. You have been good and faithful. Sandra Mount a woman who could be counted on to be a soft place to land. Did you need a bonus, Mom? Done. An aunt? Check. A home-cooked meal? Sit right down. It'll be ready in a minute. Coming to the hospital to visit a loved one? It was Sandra's face who greeted the worried, the sick, the heartbroken, and the hopeful when they showed up at Deaconess, just down the street here. This is a life of faithfulness, love that knows no boundaries of time, or circumstance, hospitality that defines what it means to feel embraced, gentleness that can calm any racing heart. And we got to share a pew with you, Sandra. We can't believe it still. Louise Wilson. 
a cherished wife and mother and a generous friend, a longtime executive secretary at OG&E, which is code for saying that she actually ran everything. She later did the same at OU Health Sciences Center and formed a gaggle of good friends. She was the friendly face who kept attendance records for more students than we could possibly count in Oklahoma City Public Schools. Time and time again, the word used to describe Louise was good. She was good at being a friend and making beautiful things. She was good at being Ashley's mama. Louise was very good at being Bill's partner in all things, his backstop, his encourager, and his balance, the love of his life. Oh, she was good at that. By good, we do not mean prim and proper or compliant. By good, we mean that Louise was virtuous. She could be counted on. She was loving and thoughtful. She looked out for the underdog, which sometimes turned out to be a stray cat. Goodness is one of those things that the Apostle Paul tells us we should think on along with whatever is true, honest, just, and lovely. So bless you, Louise, for showing us how to do that. Doris Bonham. Doris began her 22-year teaching career in 1969 and taught kindergarten through third grade while she worked towards her master's degree in education from the University of Central Oklahoma. With her master's degree, she became a primary grade reading specialist in Dell City Public Schools. Doris traveled throughout the U.S. and belonged to a race car driving club and a close-knit RV club. After her retirement, she donated her time and energy to the Oklahoma City Food Pantry and to tutoring at WizKids. She was kind and modest. She was intelligent and a woman loved by friends and family and strangers alike. Bless you, Doris. Jerry Gowman. There are plenty of dates and times and locations available that we could use to map out Jerry's life, but this would not give us the full picture of who he was to so many. Not enough people know that in 1986, Jerry was awarded a patent for the invention of, please hang in here with me, a method and apparatus which dynamically determines the location of a fabric layer bonded within a moving calendar strip of elastometric material by passing opposed surfaces of the strip partially about a respective one of a pair of measuring rolls forming a pair of a two-pair over-under rolls. I know what some of those individual words mean. Perhaps though it actually isn't a surprise to know that about this patent because people knew Jerry was brilliant, but he wasn't just brilliant, he was also humble and never made people feel silly or stupid. What we definitely know is that if he were here, Jerry would explain his patent so that we could understand it. Jerry was also a raging liberal the bluest of blue Democrats ever determined to turn this state around. We're still working on it, Jerry, and we promise to not give up. Sydney Ford. Sydney Ford never did anything in half measure. She was an educator through and through teaching special education classes in middle schools and high schools across Oklahoma City 
and was the first teacher at St. Anthony's in their adolescent psych unit. She never hesitated to say that her grandson, Thomas, hung the moon and stars. Around here, Sydney did a little bit of everything, but she was especially devoted to our Christian education program. It was her teacher's heart. The two words I think that best describe Sydney are aggressive and loving. We miss you already, Sydney. Friends of Mayflower. The last candle represents the Friends of Mayflower Church, those who were part of the fabric of this congregation and have been our friends and comforters in all kinds of ways. Bless you, Friends of Mayflower, for your heart and service and love to this place and to the people you ministered beside. Finally, many of us are grieving losses, parents, grandparents, spouses, family, friends. So I now invite each of you to come forward to light a candle for whoever you are grieving and still hold dear and want to honor this morning. Please feel free to come along the back side of the communion table, and there are also candles at the lectern and the pulpit. I will be standing to the side for those of you who need a hug or a hand to hold or a prayer. Come now, for all who mourn shall be comforted. Today is a day where we say that we will not ever be able to move on from those we have loved and lost, but we know that they expect us to move forward so we do that as a beloved community with prayers and candles and raucous hymn singing. Amen. You've been listening to the preaching and teaching of Reverend Dr. Lori Walkie, Senior Minister at Mayflower Congregational UCC Church in Oklahoma City. More information about the church can be found at www.mayflowerucc.org or by visiting Mayflower's Facebook page. Worship services are every Sunday at 10 a.m. with Sunday school classes for all ages at 9 a.m. Mayflower is located on Northwest 63rd Street in Oklahoma City, one block west of Portland. Thank you for listening.